And now you can totally hear what I have to say because I was on mute. I was going to begin a really, really big rant, but I wanted to let you all tonight know that I am fine. I'm in a very secure location. No one knows where I am. But I want to assure you we are still making America great again, again in 2024. This is just a temporary setback. The FBI is not going to find anything because I've already destroyed all the evidence. You're never going to find it, people. It's totally gone, and I'm totally innocent. You know why I'm innocent? Because there's nothing there. I made it disappear. I made sure to let them come and take a look in Mar-a-Lago, and it's big, and but they're never going to find anything because it's all gone. So when I win again in 24 for the third time, remember three times, I will be a three-time president. I'm just not there right now. We are going to dismantle the FBI. We're going to totally take them down. They will no longer exist. They will be the TBI. Do you know what the TBI is? The Trump Bureau of Investigation, where everything is good for me and not for anybody else. I have scores to settle, plenty of them. There's a lot of terrible people out there that told on me to the cops and the FBI and everyone else. They totally don't understand that I'm a very nice person if you do what I say. But if you don't do what I say, things can get very, very ugly very quickly. I'm going to have to go away for a while. It's just temporary. Be a nice long vacation. I can't say where I'm going, although I promise you it'll be nice and sunny and comfortable and it's totally not in Russia, and it's totally not in China. It's going to be great. In fact, I'll give you hints every once in a while. It'll be like, where's Waldo only? Where's Trump? I'll be going all over the place, having a grand old time, and all the while everyone will be wondering, what happened to the Donald? And then the Donald's going to come back, and we're going to come back greater than ever, better than ever, tremendously better than ever. I am very disappointed in how the law works in this country. It is totally not fair for rich old white guys like me. We can't catch a break. We've been too held down for far too long. I try to tell this to all the people. And now our Save America tour has temporarily been postponed. I was very much looking forward to continuing my rants, telling them people how Terrible this country is and how we have to make it great again. But I just can't understand why they have to come after me all the time. I'm really a really great person. I only break the rules that everyone else has broken. Rules for thee, not for me. I totally don't understand that concept and that's totally got to end now. They're not going to find anything in my big palatial palace because there's too many rooms, there's too many places to dig, too many things to look through. They're never going to find the clues. It's like a game of Clue, remember? Colonel Mustard in the library with the wrench. Well, that was only in a house that had 10 rooms. This house has 100 rooms or more. I can't even keep counting. They are totally not going to find anything and they are totally going to have egg on their face. 
And when I am dict, I mean, when when I am the, what am I? When I am the president of the free world, once again, we're totally going to deal with those terrible bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. If you're paying attention, and I know you all are, and you're all here having a wonderful time, remember, it is very important that you never, ever tell the cops anything. Always be quiet and say, I want my lawyer, the best lawyer, and that'll solve all the problems. I am declaring my innocence right now, no matter what they find in Mar-a-Lago, it won't matter. It's totally useless. It is past the expiration date. You're never going to take me down, people. I'm like a bad penny. I always turn up. My face. You'll never forget it. I want to start by also addressing the fact that they came to my house and they didn't even knock. Remember, knock, knock warrants. They're supposed to be knocking warrants. They totally didn't knock. They came in uninvited in the middle of my wonderful dinner. So I had to use an escape route and get out of town. It's just not the same when I don't have my Mar-a-Lago. It's my special place. The only place I feel safe. And now I don't feel so safe. What do I do? I don't know what to do. But I have a thought. I have a very, very important thought that I want to share with all of you. I think I know who told on me to the FBI. I have a really, really good idea who told on me to the FBI. And I know you all want to hear who it is. Who could have possibly told on the Donald? It was Ron DeSantis. I know it. It was totally governor that I made DeSantis. He's the one. He's the only person who could have possibly told the authorities what I was hot. I mean, I well, no, I wasn't really hiding anything. I totally wasn't hiding anything in Mar-a-Lago. But believe me when I tell you, it was totally Governor DeSantis, and I made him governor. He would totally not be governor today if it wasn't for my help. He is an ungrateful little bitch. And now he's trying to take me down. Well, guess what, Ron? This message is for you. I am sending a message and I want you all to share it. I want you all to let him know that this is totally his fault. I know it was him. I know it was you, Fredo. You totally told on me and I'll never forget it. You did this and I will have retribution. We will make America great again by making sure Ron DeSantis loses the election in November. I will personally see to it. He's totally, totally not going to win. And therefore, I am declaring right now, right here and now, I am endorsing 
Charlie Crist for governor of the state of Florida. You heard it here first. Make sure you get out and support Charlie because he's totally better than that terrible person, Ron DeSantis. I know he was the one who called the FBI. I was tipped off and my tips are the best, the most accurate, never wrong tips. Your day is coming, little Ron. You think that you're making America great again? Oh, no. I make America great again because I am America. And you are just a pawn in my kingdom of chess politics. I brought you in and I can take you out and I'm totally going to take you out, Ron DeSantis. This war is on. I hope you're ready for it. You have never gone 12 rounds with Donald J. Trump. You've only had me on your side, but now we're enemies, sworn enemies, and I am totally taking you out when I get back to America. When that will be, I totally can't tell you because I have to go away for a little while. Just a little while, not a long while. But I hope you'll all get my message to the governor. He's declared war on Trump while I'm declaring war on him and everyone else who gets in my way. We're coming back. We will make America great again, again. And it starts with stopping Ron DeSantis from getting reelected as governor in November. So with my full-throated endorsement, I am endorsing the former Republican governor of Florida, Charlie Crist. So go out and support him. It's early voting. It's already begun here in Florida. You know you totally want to vote for him. He'll be much easier to control, I'm sure. But Ron... It's on now. You think you can call the FBI on me and get me in trouble? You totally don't have what it takes to take me on fair and square. But believe me when I tell you people, Ron is done. That made total sense. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go. Where I'm going, I cannot say. But keep making America great again. And remember, Ron DeSantis is a Benedict Arnold. He totally turned me in. And Charlie Chris should beat him in November because he totally doesn't deserve to be governor. And he certainly doesn't have what it takes to run against me for president. He's a total coward. He's a terrible person. And he is going to pay. Believe me when I tell you, when Don says someone is going to pay, they're going to pay and they're going to pay dearly. I'll see you all very soon, but maybe not that soon.
So I hope you guys enjoyed that little bit. Uh, Lord knows I did. Uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, Ron DeSantis actually called the FBI uh, on Trump, but wouldn't shock me. And it would be so like Trump to say, okay, if you're totally doing that, I'm totally going to endorse Charlie Crist and he'll be governor and you're totally going to lose. So that's very possible as well. Melania, I mean, TM, I can't say for certain. I don't know. I don't know who was home. Um, But yeah, uh, so that was fun. Uh, So Donald Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago has been raided by the FBI. Uh, what's going to come of it? Who knows? Uh, but one thing we know about the FBI, they don't normally, uh, they don't normally get involved in cases unless they pretty much have a slam dunk on their hands. So, uh, yeah, this does not look good for Trump. I will say that. Um, and I know a lot of times people have just been kind of like standing on their soapbox for a long time and wondering, uh, you know, is Trump actually going to go down for anything that he's done? And, I mean, look, there's a lot of people who want to get out from under the guy, and this may really be the opportunity now, but you never know how people are going to react to it. You never know how, you know, his loyal supporters are going to respond and, you know, what may come about. Uh, You know, it's all tongue in cheek, but I mean, don't think for a second that it's not possible that Governor DeSantis, if he had an opportunity to crush Trump and basically scoop his movement, why wouldn't he do that? That would so be his move. He's a smooth operator, as we say. Mario, I didn't have the opportunity to totally give you the best intro of all time. And I gave you the best one that I could come up with in the meantime. Hello! La, la, la. Those of you who do not watch Seinfeld, you don't know what you're missing out on. All I-C-I-A. Maybe that's who was responsible for what happened to the Donald. I don't know. Could be. Might be. Don't know. But there are no innocent people in all of this. Uh, I can't either, TM. I was just putting that out there as a little bit of fun. Although I would say if Trump did endorse him, I would really make the... uh, That would really make the race very interesting. I mean, as I pointed out, Charlie is a former Republican. So it's not like he's that far. Well, I mean, you know, he's been out of the party for a while, but and the party's certainly a lot different than it once was. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen to Trump. I'm really not sure. Uh, Maybe something comes of this, but. Uh, clearly Merrick Garland is, uh, he's pretty serious. You know, the fact that he's going down this road, I mean, this now is the point of no return. Now that the FBI is getting involved with Trump family business, you know, I would say that that's pretty significant. That's a big deal. And so are they going to find anything? Everybody's all excited about the fact that Mar-a-Lago, well, I wouldn't say everybody's excited should not say that. Uh, But the fact that the FBI is now firmly involved in whatever stuff, you know, Trump is doing, I do think uh, there is something to be said for whether or not 
you know, they are going to do something or find something that's going to be incriminating enough where he can't walk, he can't talk his way out of it. Um, Mario, Kim Iverson, again, um, I, I don't know why, I do not know why the studio does this sometimes, but Kim Iverson is going to be our main guest on August 29th. So she's our main guest in three weeks. Uh, Jen's out of town. Kim's going to be out of town. And then finally both will be in town. And that's how we're going to have that. Not that I don't think I could conduct a good conversation with Kim solo, but I think it's more important that Jen is here for that conversation. And obviously some very interesting questions will be asked at that time. Uh, I will ask Kim Iverson what's on her radar. Uh, nothing would surprise me, TM, in terms of what information may or may not have been discarded. But, you know, again, um, the, the reality is uh, Trump is very, um, he was too brash. He really thought that he could just get away with it. Um, and was never going to pay any consequences for his behavior. And so will he go down, if you will, for this? I don't know. What I do believe is if he does, it will be more along the lines of he's not going to go to prison. I don't see that happening. But what I could see is him not being able to run for president again. And that I could see. And I just think that the more that this gets attached to him, the more people are going to say DeSantis is the way to go. And that's what I think is going to happen. You know, not everything could be judged based on how many people show up at rallies and that type of thing. And again, there's also a significant portion of the country that really thinks that Trump is just simply a marked man and they're just all coming after him and woe is me and everyone is going to support him anyway. I don't know. See, that I can't determine. That I, that I can't say. But there is, um, there is something that I wanted to do this evening. And again, our guest, Brent Welder, I'm not sure where he's at. Uh, hopefully he'll be here soon. Um, I'm going to shoot him a quick message just to make sure. Uh, let's see. Because yeah, he's supposed to update us on what's going on or, or, you know, with the ballot initiative that took place in Kansas and the trickery language that they like to put in to kind of throw people off. You know, I saw the language that they put on the ballot initiative in Kansas, they're basically trying to guilt people into voting no. They're basically trying to tell them that, you know, you're killing an innocent life. A woman should not have to get an abortion. There's always another way. It's like, no, that's actually not how this is supposed to be done. TM, I, I am more and more, I, I've, I felt for a while that, that DeSantis was tracking in that direction. I just think he's that much more stable. And, and again, uh, my good friend Jordan Charrington over at Status Coup is not convinced that it's going to happen. He's still convinced that it's going to be Trump, and that's fine. But remember, DeSantis doesn't back down from a fight. And 
a lot of these other guys don't know how to bob and weave with Trump. I, I think DeSantis does. And again, we will see how this ultimately unfolds. But now this is a real monkey in the wrench. Now you're going to really see, you know, exactly what, what to expect. We don't know what to expect, to be honest. Because again, yeah, all ICIA, uh, yeah, I'm not convinced yet. I mean, look, they can say that they're raiding Mar-a-Lago. But they may come out and say, yeah, we didn't really find anything. We didn't find anything that we can bury him on, if you will. Uh, But, you know, like I said, generally speaking, the FBI doesn't get involved with these cases uh, unless there is something significantly there. They have a they have a successful conviction rate of like 95 or 96 percent. So they really don't waste their time. Uh, Lulu is resting comfortably inside. I am I am actually dog sitting for Jen. Uh, Lulu and Sophie are wonderful. Uh, for anybody who has a dog, just remember, they really do make life better. And Bill Murray has the best line regarding dogs. I trust, I don't trust any person who doesn't like a dog, but I trust any dog who doesn't like a person. I think that's a motto to live by, to be honest. I judge a person by whether or not they like dogs. How about you guys? Do you judge a person by whether or not they like dogs? Jared and Ivana are upset because, again, it's all about the money train. If the money train goes away, then what the hell are you going to do? And I will say, the fact that Trump buried Ivana on his golf course in Bedminster, New Jersey, for a tax break, oh, God. The depravity knows no bounds. None. That's pretty low. Kevin, we all want someone else to take care of other things depending on what the circumstance is. Life's got a lot of responsibilities attached to it. And Lord knows we have, uh, you know, having a dog is like having a child. But man, if it ain't glorious... I can never be mad at a dog. I don't know why. I just can't. Uh, that's my that's my weakness. My weakness is dogs. They they really do make life better. That's the best way I can describe it. So, I, I I do think it looks like Brent may not be coming on. Our candidate for U.S. Congress in Florida's twenty third district, the new. Florida 23rd Congressional District. Vice Mayor of Fort Lauderdale, Ben Sorensen, is going to be here in 20 minutes. So I want to do a little pontification that I was planning on doing. Um, I wasn't sure when I was going to get to it, but I'm going to get to it now. And that, of course, is um, I'm going to do a pontification about Bruce Springsteen. And for those of you who know me personally, know that Bruce is, um, he's, he's, uh, he's basically a hero of mine. You know, he's done, um, an immeasurable, uh, amount of, uh, amount of benefit for me personally. Uh, there was some very difficult times that I've dealt with in my life. And when I was young and I needed direction, 
Uh, Bruce was the person that really gave me that direction. And all I can say is that if you haven't really listened to him, if you're not really familiar with his work, uh, it really, um, it, it was life changing in many ways. Uh, that to me is, um, the essence of, of Bruce. Uh, I mean, I guess I could say that there's particular songs of his that really stand out, but in this case, when you're dealing with a lot of lost faith, if you will, in your fans, when you're charging $5,000 tickets, yeah, it is a crisis of faith. It hurts me because this is not who Bruce portrayed himself to be. And that's not to say that he was always like this. He wasn't, even when he was very financially successful. I don't know what may have come about with him over the years that you know, ultimately changed his perception about how to go about life. But this was a guy who, and we're from the same area in central New Jersey. And for him, uh, it was always so important to never lose sight of his roots, uh, being a man of the people. You know, those types of things were always very important to him. And I always admired that very much. Uh, about him, and I will always love his music. That will not change. For those of you wondering, you know, wh what do I like or who would I recommend? Wh what would I recommend? Uh, if you've never listened to Darkness on the Edge of Town, uh, to me, that is his best album. Uh, it's the one that I think gives the most meaning and clarity to a lot of the things that I'm fighting for uh, politically. Uh, He's had some other phen phenomenal work, um, phenomenal songs, phenomenal meaning in, in so much of what he does and has done. He's extremely generous. Um, what he's done for the Food Bank of New Jersey for the past 40 plus years, I mean, it's immeasurable. Um, he's a great man. Uh, that I don't question. But I do question his politics. Because when you say one thing and you do something completely different, well, that is, uh, that's a big cause for concern. And the fact that I really thought, I really believed in my heart of hearts that, that Bruce was going to come around for Bernie in 2016, and he never did. And if I ever had the opportunity to talk to him, I would have asked him that. What's funny, and, and I will share this with you guys, I actually did meet Bruce once, but I didn't meet him the way that you would traditionally meet somebody. See, I met Bruce over the phone. My father had just relocated into a town adjacent to the one that he lives in by the Jersey Shore. And of all the days that he would go to one of the local establishments, it just so happens that it happened that Bruce was there. And so he had initially called me and I didn't pick up. And then he sent me a text saying, and this was uh, the summer, this July of 2015. And this was right when I was really getting into Bernie Sanders. So he texted me 
you need to pick up you need to pick up the phone. I, I you need I, I'm gonna call you back. You need to pick up the phone right now. So he calls me back and he says, Peter, somebody wants to say hello to you. So he hands the phone over and he says, Hey Pete, it's Bruce. Just like that. That's how he said it. Like, like we were two long lost friends just having a regular conversation. Not, hey Peter, this is Bruce Springsteen. How are you today? No, it was like, hey Pete, it's Bruce. Right? You want to have a beer? Let's uh, let's have a conversation. Yeah, that was Bruce. And we talked for about five minutes. He actually asked me what was my favorite work of his. And I said, Darkness on the Edge of Town. And I explained why that album meant so much to me and why it had such an impact. Um, we talked about some other stuff. Talked about his daughter being an equestrian uh, success and the fact that, you know, living in Florida, the polo, the International Polo Club, which is in Wellington, um, when I was living in Del Rey, I wasn't that far from it. I would go visit. I told him, you know, if I ever happen to see you at an event, I'd be more than happy to come up to you and Patty if she's with you um, to say hello. And he said, you certainly should. At the moment, I almost wish I'd go back on that moment and think, uh, TM, he's worth a hell of a lot more than that. Uh I wish at that time I had said something about Bernie Sanders, but, you know, I didn't really feel like I could fit that into the conversation. But it dreads me to no end today to see the pathway that Bruce has taken over the past five, six years, maybe a little longer. Look, I have no problem with people enjoying the fruits of their success. They have every right to enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with people celebrating your work. But sometimes you have to wonder how much does what you've espoused for so long really matter? So I could reference a ton of songs, ones that kind of talk about the the down and out, the working man struggles of today. And there's plenty of them. When you think about Darkness on the Edge of Town, you think about a song like Darkness on the Edge of Town. But you also think about a song like Racing in the Street or Adam Raised the Cane or Badlands, for that matter. Think about the promise line. You think about the message of that song. If you haven't heard the promise, listen to that song. Thunder Road, Born to Run. If you haven't listened to the River album, listen to Stolen Car. That is a that is a heartbreaking, gut-wrenching song, if there ever was. Born in the USA. I know a lot of people talk about how commercialized that album is, and I understand it, but that's a great album. And the song Born in the USA is a great song. Um, if you've never heard the album Nebraska, which was the bridge between the river and born in the USA in the early 80s, um, that is an amazing album. Particularly two songs that stand out from that album, Atlantic City and Reason to Believe. Um, I don't know what I could play right now that wouldn't get me uh, a copyright infringement because Lord knows how strict they are with these things. I'm almost thinking that I should. 
I mean, Lord knows my my channel is it's our channel. It's certainly not big enough where we necessarily have to worry about such a thing. But I almost feel obligated to maybe give you guys a taste of exactly what I mean uh, when I t- when I think of Bruce Springsteen, um, when I think about what he means to me, um, the impact uh, that he's had on my life, uh, and how it really is sad that today. I have to face the reality that he's just not the person that either I thought he was or would have wanted him to be because he's shown time and time again that he is not a man of the people anymore. That's not who he is. He's very much evolved into a high-class liberal elitist. And I hate saying that, but it's the truth. And the truth hurts. I'm talking about somebody who literally in many ways saved my life. But I have to be honest with who I'm, I'm talking about. We oftentimes have heroes, people that we love and admire. Many people feel that way about politicians, actors, singers, Artists, athletes, it's all there. But in this case, uh, when people show you who who they are, believe them. I agree. I'm going to ask the audience. Actually, no, I I should play the song that I think makes the most sense. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play you a song about where I'm from. This is a song that more or less represents what it's like to be a working class stiff, if you will, and putting all your hopes and dreams on the line that maybe just maybe something big will happen like a game of chance if you will this is the bruce springsteen that is no longer no longer here this is the bruce springsteen before he was a megastar he was a star to be fair but not like this not at this level this is the great bruce springsteen this is the bruce springsteen that is from Freehold, New Jersey, from the same area that I'm from. This is a song that pretty much embodies a lot of what he talks about. And for me, um, is it my favorite song of his? No, but I want you all to get an idea of just how great he is. And the interesting tie-in with this song is with one of our true progressive celebrity heroes, if you will, of today. And that, of course, is Susan Sarandon who was in the movie Atlantic City around the same time that this song came out, was demoed uh, in 1981 and ultimately the same year as the movie Atlantic City and then ultimately came out uh, in uh, 1982. 
on the album Nebraska. This is Atlantic City.
If that song is not Bruce Springsteen and everything that he's about, I don't know what is. And so when Bernie Sanders came along and basically was singing about what was singing, but was espousing everything that Springsteen had been singing about for all of these years. It was the perfect opportunity for Bruce to finally get behind somebody who's like, yeah, this guy's a champion of the working man. This is exactly what we need. This system has failed plenty of people. Too many people. People don't want charity. They want opportunity. It's nice to be charitable, but it's even better to be opportunistic because that's what people need. Don't brag about unemployment numbers being low if people have to have two or three jobs just to survive. People want a living wage. They want universal health care. They want clean drinking water, which means overhauling our current climate system. People do not want endless war and useless money being spent. Prime example, with the Inflation Reduction Act bill, $80 billion for the IRS and not a dollar for child tax credits. They're going to hire 87,000 new IRS employees, but they're not going to prosecute a single tax cheat like our congressional representatives who trade on inside information and probably have endless amounts of offshore accounts. They are not going to go after the rich and powerful, despite what people think. It's not going to happen. You know why? You know why Madoff went down? He went down because he stole from rich people. That's why. He didn't go down because he was, uh, uh, you know, that that. That to me is, um, that's a big part of it for sure. And again, I'm, I I look back now and I think about all of the the misses, if you will, um, and why these things uh, happen the way that they do. Realizing so much of what has just transpired in the last 24 hours even, You know, you have everyone and their mother within the Beltway who is within the Democratic establishment talking about this bill like it's the greatest bill that's ever been passed and that somehow Biden is a hero and that this is an incredible accomplishment. Well, my guess, my my question is, what is this accomplishing for working people? I don't see anything. I don't see anything at all. I think it's a joke. And then you talk about the fact that they claim to her to be a climate bill. $385 billion for climate initiatives, apparently. Well, you need at least five to 10 trillion to really deal with the problem. And this bill expands onshore and offshore drilling. I don't know about you, but that doesn't exactly solve the climate crisis. It makes it worse. We've already hit certain points of no return. So to think that it's okay to continue is just insane. 
And you have the establishment that brought the hammer down against Bernie because he dared to try to include something like the child tax credit or expansion of Medicare to include at least hearing, if not vision and dental, to go along with it. Oh, no, this bill's going to fail. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Just the addition of the massive government overreach and expansion, wasteful spending, if you will, on the IRS, 87,000 employees to the tune of $80 billion. If, if that ain't a gift to the GOP for campaigning in the, in the fall, I don't know what is. That's as, that is as bad a move as anything that you could have made. There are things that can be defended, and then there are things that are just downright stupid. That's the type of government bureaucracy that everyone should be against. It would be one thing if, in fact, the IRS was about prosecuting the rich and powerful, who are the real tax cheats in this country, on both sides. Then you'd be onto something. Can you guys hear me? I hope everything's good. So somebody acknowledged that they can hear me. It looks like I'm okay, but you never know. I want to be 100% sure. Hang tight with me for one second, ladies and gentlemen. One second, guys. All right. Hang tight with me. Hang tight. One second, guys. I'm on mute, guys. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm assisting our guests. Hang on one second.
I'm I'm on the I am on the line helping our guests get in, guys. I'm not my my audio is good, thankfully. So just one sec. All right, pr- crisis averted. We are back. We will be, uh, we will be going uh, with our guest, our first guest, in a minute. So, uh, just bear with me, uh, and I apologize for the inconvenience, guys. So, without further ado, we are very pleased to welcome a candidate who is running for the U.S. Congress in the new Florida's 23rd Congressional District. So Jen is no longer in District 23. The new District 23 is going to cover Broward County as well. But we are also going to have, uh, as you guys know, we had Alan Ellison on the podcast. But now we are very pleased to welcome the vice mayor of Fort Lauderdale and candidate for Florida's 23rd Congressional District, Ben Sorensen. Welcome to Generational Change. Thank you very much. Great to be here. I think you you need to possibly turn that audio up a little bit. Uh, let me see if I can work on mine. That may be a little low. That, or I can pop off the earbuds, whatever you like. That's much better. Is that better? That's okay, better. great. Absolutely. So welcome for the first time and hopefully not the last time. Thank you. Obviously, it's uh, great to meet you. Um, you know, I have a number of uh, fellow colleagues, friends, politicos, if you will, in the area that think very highly of your work as vice mayor, and obviously, uh, there is a lot of uh, obviously a lot of issues in Fort Lauderdale. If you can hack uh, running, uh, you know, city government uh, at that level, then it's probably as good, if not the best, in my opinion, 
when you can do city government, that probably prepares you for Congress maybe better than anything else. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love it. And it's problems that led me to run for the city commission in Fort Lauderdale. And one of the main problems was homelessness. If you remember, you probably read about it or saw there was a homeless encampment right in downtown Fort Lauderdale oh, for yeah. years, right? The city commission tried to do, at one point, you probably remember they tried to like bulldoze the encampment and just kind of take people's stuff. And I saw that and I said, that there's got to be a better way. And so I ran for office, not necessarily knowing all the solutions, but knowing that we got to treat people with humility and grace and help. And so when I got elected, I moved my office from City Hall down into the encampment with a table and folding chairs. And people would have to meet with me in the encampment to talk about whatever city issues they wanted. And long story short, we were able to raise money, get all those folks into housing. Well, it goes without saying that it's, it, it takes um, a certain level of commitment to be a true public servant. And very often, especially as the gentrification has been put on steroids, as it has been in Fort Lauderdale, you know, the people that have been moving into the high rise condos, they don't want to see the part of the city that basically reflects the fact that not everybody can afford to live like this. There is no such thing as everyone is going to be able to have a, you know, a six figure salary. They're going to be able to live right on the intercoastal. Uh, we need to have solutions to these very significant problems and being able to afford to live in Florida, especially South Florida, is a pretty big crisis. And if you were fortunate enough to get to Capitol Hill, what are some of the things that you would be looking to focus on if you were fortunate enough to get there? Absolutely. So when you look at percent of salary in South Florida, housing and transportation is a greater percent of the average salary higher percent than anywhere else in the country. Other places in the country may have a, a higher salaries, but there's the, the, the cost of housing, cost of transportation is not as great. So we are what's called the most cost burden area in the country. As a result, we have to build more workforce and affordable housing. That's what I'm doing since I got elected to the city commission. And I said, let's take city land and let's just build affordable workforce housing on it. That's what we've been doing for hundreds of units. And we've got to do a lot more. So we've got to get more federal funding for what's called the continuum of care board on which I sit, which is the county's regulator for homeless services and affordable housing, workforce housing. We, I'm going to advocate for more dollars coming back here. And then also uh, several years ago, myself and several others formed an organization called Mission United, which is to help veterans around the county, around the country. And this has kind of grown and we need to do more for our veterans as well. And so there's funding mechanisms federally, but we got to bring those dollars back to here. We haven't had a Fort Lauderdale resident serve in this congressional seat for a very long time. As a result, we got some real opportunities. We're speaking with Ben Sorensen, vice mayor of Fort Lauderdale and candidate for Florida's 20 new 23rd congressional district. Um, Obviously, this has been an interesting primary. Um, there has been uh, what I like to call power politics being played. We know that that's just kind of the way the game is down here and is in a lot of other places. Do you feel that you've been given the proper opportunity to make your case as a candidate up to this point? Yeah, I go door to door knocking on voters doors every day and I make the case where it counts the most is right in front of them on their doorstep to share who I am, why I'm running for office, and 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 that's what works. And, and you know, you don't even have to take my my word for it. You can take the Democratic Black Caucus, who's endorsed solely me, the Progressive Florida Caucus, that's impressed, uh, that's uh, endorsed only me, and a bunch of 
uh, other elected officials up and down the, 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 the coast. The bottom line is we each have an opportunity to go to the voters, make the case, and I'm doing that day in and day out. And I'm confident they're going to return that with uh, support and, and sending me to Congress. Please tell us more about the district as a whole. Obviously, Fort Lauderdale is kind of the, you know, the centerpiece, if you will. But there's obviously a lot more uh, communities. This this district stretches pretty far. So if you can talk about some of the other communities that you would be representing and what your experience has been like, you know, canvassing all the way up to Boca Raton and obviously through uh, West Broward back to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've nailed it. So it, this district basically starts in Fort Lauderdale. And almost you can kind of roughly imagine I-95 being a western boundary, the ocean being the eastern boundary. So track that going north from Fort Lauderdale, Wilton Manors, all the way up Deerfield Beach. You hit Boca and then it kind of jogs west. So you head into Coral Springs, head into Parkland, and then it kind of rolls down south and into Margate and, and Cooper City. So that's kind of the, 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 the geographic kind of boundaries of the district. It's a great district. Uh, obviously, climate change is a big issue for a lot of people. We already talked about affordable workforce housing. There's a big senior community. So when we talk about how to secure Social Security, we talk about healthcare being a fundamental right, which I believe it is. We talk about the choice, protecting the choice of women to make their own healthcare decisions. And then lastly, gun control is a big issue as well. Yes, that's obviously, uh, for, those, for those of you who are watching, um, for those who do not know this district, uh, Parkland is a part of it. Uh, obviously, everyone knows Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Uh, the gun debate is obviously a very uh, contentious one. Um, and that, of course, is going to play a significant role in uh, probably a lot of uh, people's decisions in terms of voting. Um, certainly, uh, there's a lot of different ways that we can go regarding the issues at bar that are very important to the average citizen. With that said, uh, how do you feel about issues such as living wage, universal health care, the environment, uh, you know, the issues that obviously would would play a significant role. It goes without saying the environment. We know about the issues in Fort Lauderdale in particular with the flooding and sea level rise. Yep. So where do you stand on those primary issues, the dinner table issues that matter most to voters? Yeah, absolutely. So we can start with climate change. We're ground zero here in South Florida for climate change. In the city of Fort Lauderdale, we're investing over $600 million in efforts to mitigate climate change. So that means raising seawalls. That means installing tidal valves. That means building hardened infrastructure. That means building water treatment facilities that can sustain saltwater intrusion. That We're doing all of that in the city of Fort Lauderdale. It also means committing to reducing our carbon footprint. So the city of Fort Lauderdale, in 20 years, we're going to be carbon neutral. We need to be carbon neutral as a country. We can do it. And look, Florida should be leading the way. This congressional seat is more than just the district itself. Whoever wins this congressional seat needs to not only kind of fight for the people of the, that community, but also need to fight for the state as a whole. We are challenged with what I think is a governor who is doing a horrible job of attacking groups, uh, do complete mismanagement of our state. So we need someone who's going to advocate for the people of Florida and also for our country as a whole. And, and that's why we need someone strong that's a proven lifelong Democrat like me. Well, you bring up a very good point. And one of the things about our governor, who is, let's face it, he's already trying to run for president. Correct. Uh, Florida is a county strong state. And so a lot of the things that he was trying to do 
over the course of his first term as governor was to basically strongman his way into getting exactly what he wanted. But when he was met with resistance, everyone thought, well, they're just going to crumble. Obviously, we saw what just happened in Tampa. But the reality is, because we're a county strong state, there are a number of safeguards that are in place. And if you're willing to stand up and fight for what is necessary, then those in terms of local politics, I think that doesn't get talked about enough. This is on a a personal note. I, I really think that the importance of recognizing how critical it is to stay as grounded as you can to the residents, to letting them know that, look, even though I may be going to Capitol Hill, I am going to be in the community. One of our congressional representatives, in my personal opinion, that really stands out in a good way in that respect is Sheila Sherfulis McCormick, who is a new congresswoman. Uh, Being involved in the community, as you have, I think is what really distinguishes a, a representative, because all too often there's like, well, you know, now I'm going to the federal level. No, I think all politics is local. And I think you're more or less exemplifying that notion. Would you say that that's a primary concern in terms of making sure that even though this is a federal seat, still more or less campaigning as if you were running for vice mayor or just running in general for the city commission of Fort Lauderdale is sort of the same tactic that you've taken along the way. Exactly. I think you hit it spot on. Look, when I was running for a city commission in the city of Fort Lauderdale years ago, no one really knew who I was. I knocked on 6,000 doors and shared ideas and listened to people. And as a result, I was elected by 55 votes, a different, so you can call me Landslide Sorensen. So that, and that's how I'm going to win this congressional seat, knocking on doors, giving out my cell phone number, 954-802-3311, 954-802-3311. Everyone who wants it has it. And as a member of Congress, I'm going to be expecting texting, phone calls. Why? Because we're better together. When we have smart people working together, much smarter than me and passionate about different topics, we come up with better ideas better solutions. I'm a big believer in that. And that's why going back to my military experience, I've been in the Navy now 14 years, going on 15 years as an intelligence officer. We are much stronger from a national security perspective when we have what's called, we operate in a joint environment, which means multiple agencies, multiple branches, all working together, sharing information. This was one of the failures of 9-11 that we have corrected and we as, as a result operate much more effectively. We're speaking with Ben Sorensen, Vice Mayor, Fort Lauderdale, and candidate for Florida's new 23rd Congressional District. I would be amiss if the star of the show, Jen Perlman, who is not in town but would like to ask a very important question. Obviously, the environment is a primary issue of the day. I am sure that you have plenty of headbutting with the mayor of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, obviously, this idea that we can put an underground tunnel across, uh, I guess, what would be you know, route one and you would go out to the water. Uh, there is so much risk in, in the, 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 the cons outweigh the pros significantly, as far as I'm concerned, regarding this potential project that is backed by Elon Musk. What are your thoughts about this proposed underground tunnel that Fort Lauderdale apparently, or is it, or at least was being championed by Mayor Trantillis? Is this something that you disagree with and feel that there are better options in terms of how to mitigate some of the traffic problems that do exist in the city of Fort Lauderdale. So yeah, so I think to begin with, anytime you look at a complex project like this, you gotta study it, you gotta do all the due diligence. And so that's what I've been advocating for from the beginning is we gotta research this. There has to be ground core drilling and so forth to evaluate this. 
costs and operating models, all this kind of stuff. So that's what's happening far before we execute and move forward with anything, that robust research. Secondly, we need improved public transportation. I'm a big believer in public transportation. So what does that look like? So I've been working with the county on looking at an, an above ground monorail that would go from the airport to the seaport, to downtown, to north, to west. So there's a bunch of public transportation options. In addition, we've really been working closely with the county and the Florida Department of Transportation on exploring commuter rail, which would be commuter rail on the eastern lines, rail lines that run through Fort Lauderdale and a lot of our populous, populated areas on the east coast. We need a really effective uh, transportation solution. And so that's another piece we're really working on. So we've got to find solutions that are multimodal with various options for put, to get people around. I think that's a great point. And, um, you know, the environment is probably our biggest issue uh, that we focus on. Uh, you know, Jen and I have partaken uh, when she ran for Congress. Uh, with community gardens, um, that's a huge one. Uh, definitely, in terms of composting, uh, you know, bee culture, bee colonies, uh, horticulture, things like that, uh, and they can obviously be uh, a great community builders uh, for schools. Uh, are you more or less endorse uh, do endorse most, if not all, uh, carbon footprint reduction type policies such as those? Absolutely, I want to, and and that's and I love what we've done um, federally just recently here in, in in addressing some of this in terms of climate change. Great work federally, um, and we need to do more. I mean, I think we should really push for significant breaks and in incentives for green rooftops, and you know, uh, would you, you know, support would you support municipal rainwater harvesting? Absolutely, I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it. Um, also, I have not taken any money from Big Sugar. Uh, the, the Everglades is a critical component of, of when we talk about our environment and waterways. In the city of Fort Lauderdale, we've been we've been piloting protein skimming in our waterways, the use of oysters to clean our waterways, then investment of additional resources to test and monitor and improve our waterways. So it's everything you can working together to improve our, our environment, and our waterways, because our environment in the in the state of Florida is our economic engine. People come to us because of our environment. We need to protect it. Couldn't have said it better. I think that that is a very important part of the politics of our state. Um, you know, the environment is our lifeblood. It really is. It determines whether or not, you know, we are going to have a thriving tourism industry. Uh, you did mention dealing with housing, which is critical. And I will say Florida, especially South Florida, and especially the South Florida Democrats, let's be honest, they have completely failed on this issue. Most of the grassroots energy is taking place in the central part of the state, particularly uh, state house representative who I am extremely enthralled with, Anna Escamani. She has done a really great job with um, a friend of the show, Austin Valley, in terms of focusing on uh you know, low-income housing, uh, being able to help people get back on their feet. What would be your proposal in terms of dealing with the housing crisis in Florida that just seems to get worse every day? And we know our governor and the GOP do not seem to want to do a lick about it up in Tallahassee. Yeah, it's a complete failure of the state legislature and the governor. They continue to raid the Sadowski Fund, which is dedicated and allocated for affordable and workforce housing. It was specifically formed for that reason continues to be raided or swept, the money taken out of that regularly. It is a, an atrocious, atrocious act. So what it requires is folks that on the local level or wonderful leaders like uh, Representative Eskimani to actually 
lead where there's state failure. And so, again, what we've done in the, in this, in the city of Fort Lauderdale is saying, hey, we're just going to build our own housing with affordable housing developers, and we're going to provide wraparound case management to support for those in need. So it's not enough when we fo- face homeless or people on the verge of homelessness to say, just give them you know, a house and, and everything is going to be fine. It, it's providing job training, it's providing mental health resources and so forth. And just one example of that that we've taken in the city of Fort Lauderdale is with those who are homeless or those who are facing homelessness, we've had, we establish a homelessness or community court so that those folks on the fringe of homelessness, when they break the law in some nonviolent misdemeanor fashion, they aren't sent to jail. They're sent to the specialized court where the focus of the sentencing is look around the courtroom. Here's your case manager. Here's the addiction recovery support you're going to get. It has resulted in a tremendous increase in retention and regaining of housing for all those folks. And those are some of the models we need to institute at the federal level. We are speaking with Ben Sorensen, vice mayor of Fort Lauderdale and candidate for Florida's new 23rd congressional district. How can people get involved with your campaign if they would like to volunteer? Obviously, they can go to bensorensen.com. But this is the home stretch of the primary. Election day is two weeks away. Early voting starts tomorrow. So for people that would like to get involved or potentially vote, or again, if you are so inclined, potentially donate, this is an opportunity to make your pitch to the voters as well as people who will be seeing this podcast this evening and days to come. Thank you so much. Yeah. So please, if you're interested in getting involved, if you want to support a progressive activist who's working to get things done, who's going to be a workhorse, not a show horse in Congress, go to bensorensen.com. Text me 954-802-3311. Say, hey, Ben, I want to help or I want to support or I want to contribute or I have a policy question. Please help me in the next two weeks. We have a massive team that's going out day in and day out. We can make a difference. We can make a change. We've been doing it here in the city of Fort Lauderdale. And with your help, we can do it congressionally. If you have the help of the citizens of Wilton Manors, I like your chances. That much I can say. Love the people of Wilton Manors. They are very active, as we know, as are a lot of people throughout the entire district. Um, what you, Like I said, what I think you really have working in your favor is the fact that you are an elected official at the city level in the biggest city in Broward County. Uh, it goes without saying that that type of experience really does matter when you go to the federal level. Uh, hopefully that will pay dividends. Um, we like to, you know, again, I have nothing against uh, the other candidates in the race, but the issues are what matter and how you're funded is what matters. The fact is you are a non-corporate candidate who fights for the right issues. You've served our country proudly. You also serve humanity and God proudly, and that cannot be understated. So without giving an endorsement, all I can say is, We certainly wish you lots of luck. Guys, go to bensorensen.com. Get involved with the campaign. Without question, Ben is a great candidate and will certainly serve Broward County even better at the federal level. And if not, certainly at the city level. Ben Sorensen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this evening. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Pleasure, brother. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. So that is what you call a very solid representative who is in it for the right reasons. Again, um, it's very easy to just kind of go along to get along. But he was willing on our show to call out the mayor of 
Fort Lauderdale, who has basically, you know, Mayor Trantillis has championed this idea that we can afford to have this underground uh, tunnel, if you will, which is basically just something for wealthy people. Let's just be honest what it's for. Uh, we have serious traffic problems in South Florida. Ben brought up fantastic points regarding public transportation, big advocates for high-speed rail. We know we're not there yet, but if we can improve the ability to get around, and Fort Lauderdale has made strides, there's no question. You know, if you go into town, you'll see there's a lot of bike path lanes, but that's not everything. We know not everybody can travel that way. So you have to come up with other solutions. And to me, this goes without saying that you need more of this like-minded approach to, okay, I'm a Democrat and I am supportive of the Democratic Party, but that doesn't mean that all Democrats are created equal. And that, to me, is a very important part of this equation. So if we are ever going to succeed, um, that is more or less how it's going to have to go down. Uh, very refreshing. A uh, lot of great points. Uh, he is a, Ben Sorensen is a solid candidate. I had been hearing that from a number of people. I didn't know about it until tonight because I had not had the opportunity to speak with him, nor has Jen had the opportunity to hear him speak. Now that we have, I think it's safe to say he's pretty much on the money. So we wish him lots of luck, as we do Alan Ellison. And, you know, may the best person win in that race. That's uh, that's how we look at it. Uh, whoever wins, we hope they're non-corporate. That's the most important thing as far as we can see. So with that said, um, I don't know if Brent Welder is going to make it back uh, onto the podcast tonight. Apparently, the, the live stream link was not working. And, you know... It is what it is. Um, it happens sometimes. Thankfully, we were able to rectify the problem. I am going to shoot a message right now uh, to see if uh, if uh, we can make this happen. Uh, it'll have to be another time. Okay. No biggie. Sorry about that, Brent. If you're seeing the podcast, we will definitely make it work. Uh, very important. Um, very important that people really understand the lengths that the Kansas uh, ballot question regarding abortion, how it was framed, why it was misleading, and how even then, and despite all that, a very comfortable victory for women's reproductive rights in the state of Kansas. Very, very red Kansas. So as far as I could tell, and many of you who are here in the state of Florida know, when it comes to the issues, people really just vote on the issue that matters. That's why they voted for Donald Trump comfortably, but they also voted for a $15 minimum wage. That's economic populism for you. Doesn't mean the GOP is going to give it to you, but it ain't like the Democrats are going to do it either. And there's always going to be excuses, as we saw with the new bill that came down and saying that, well, we couldn't fit this into the bill. We couldn't get any of Bernie's amendments into the bill. But you know whose amendment did make it into the bill? Senator Thunes, who was looking for Wall Street subsidies, that made it into the bill. It's amazing how that always makes it in. And if not for that, the bill would have died because we must bow with the altar of Wall Street without Wall Street getting exactly what they want. How could we possibly run this government after all they fund all of our campaigns? Well, most of them anyway, but not Bernie Sanders. Not Bernie. Bernie wanted to re-implement the child tax credit. And he also wanted to include hearing and possibly vision and dental into Medicare for seniors. 
Imagine thinking Bernie was so terrible that there was no way that that could be included and then bring the House down upon him as a result of suggesting such a thing. A farce, if you will. No. I think, and I, and I believe this, I think people are waking up to just how messed up this system really is. Now, you're going to have your sycophants that are going to go right over the edge. They're, they're never going to come to the, you know, to the side. But what some people like to point out very often is that there's a lot of coordination on Twitter. There isn't that type of coordination on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. But on Twitter, there is. And so I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, if you're so inclined, if you observe the way that things are done on social media, you'll notice that there are people on social media that have massive followings on Twitter. But if you look at their followings on other social media platforms, very small. So when Elon Musk, who is trying to buy Twitter, Never know for sure if he was really trying to do it or not. But what was interesting about the way he did that was that he wanted Twitter exec, the, the, the Twitter board, if you will, to reveal what percentage of the followers that people have are actually bots or plants, things like that. And they would not refute, they would not release that information. So what I do believe is that very often when you see things getting juiced online, like all of a sudden it's a viral tweet and everybody's paying attention and think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I am telling you, I've been doing this long enough where it's definitely coordinated for sure. Certain accounts get boosted and certain ones don't. And depending on what type of a message you're trying to put forward and who is in charge, it has gotten so political on Twitter that it's now... It's bad. So when people are out there bashing Bernie and saying, oh, he's terrible. Oh, and look, Bernie didn't actually get what he was fighting for. You know, things for working people. I, I am more convinced than ever that these are coordinated efforts. If you go to a regular person on the street, you know, you're never going to experience that. At least you shouldn't. So... I think we're becoming a lot more hip to the game. That's what I believe. I think we're much more aware of how this is done and how to avoid the pitfalls going forward. I think we're, I think we're smarter than we give ourselves credit for. That's all I had, Jen. That's all I had. I had a, in, in a house with not much to use, that's what, that's what you do. You improvise. So I don't know if we're going to have a show on Wednesday or not. Kim Iverson was going to come on, but we had to reschedule. Um, Jen is out of town. Uh, maybe I'll do another pontificating with Pete. We'll see. Uh, we will. Uh, very funny, Mario. Uh, if you guys have suggestions for guests, we will certainly listen and are always open to that. And remember, when it comes to our show, if you enjoy our content, as you know, 
Patreon.com forward slash generational change is where you can get involved, contribute to our program. Uh, Jen, if you want to put in the cash app, uh, I think it's dollar sign Jen change. I remember that's our cash app. Could be wrong. Want to be sure. Anything you do, any contribution that you make is very much appreciated for our podcast. It helps us support local candidates and even national ones that are non-corporate, which is the most important bend as far as I'm concerned regarding, uh, you know, whether or not you want to contribute or, or whether or not the money you contribute is going to the right place. Uh, if you go to Cash App, dollar sign Gen Change is how you can throw in a few bucks. Um, obviously, uh, every little bit counts and makes a huge difference. But at the local level, remember, our goal is to be as involved as we can regarding community gardens, homeless care packages, beach cleanups, supporting local candidates. Uh, we obviously have we will try to get Siraj on TM. We will work on that. Uh, it is very important that I, I think everyone always understands exactly what the mission is on this show. This mission is not to make us rich. If we were, that'd be nice. But again, that's not the mission. The mission is to transform politics into service. And that's what we do. And we certainly hope that our ideas and what we're putting out there is something that you do believe in. Uh, yeah, that would be great, TM. Let's spruce this up and make it even better. We're certainly working towards that goal. Um, obviously, it would be a lot easier if, let's say, Jen was a candidate, but I digress. Uh, maybe someday. We'll see. We definitely have to get through these midterms. Remember, for those of you who are in South Florida, early voting begins tomorrow. If you are so inclined, uh, you know, I don't have all the answers regarding the judges. I'm sure Jen would know uh, a lot as well. In terms of any of the local candidates uh, that we endorse, we are very big supporters of Raymond Adderley, who is running for school board. Stephen Julian, he's good. Uh, obviously, Elijah Manley, who's running for state house. Um, you know, but overall, we're, we, we try to be as, uh, as fair as we can. Uh, Local politics is, and William Sanchez running for the U.S. Senate, he is obviously not going to win. But if you want to support a non-corporate candidate and feel good about your vote, then that's the candidate to vote for. So with that said, we really appreciate you guys as always. Uh, you know, we're a small but mighty show. We're very grateful for everyone who comes on and spends an hour and a half, two hours with us at a time. And, you know, we rarely go back to back nights, but, you know, last night was important in lieu of the bill. And then, of course, tonight with Trump's Mar-a-Lago getting raided, uh, had to totally come on and give you the one 411 on what's going on. Um, still feeling the burn, still uh, optimistic about the future, even though things look pretty grim right now. Uh, things will get better, folks. They will. The night is always darkest before the dawn, and it kind of has to get really bad before it gets good. We're heading in that direction because most people now know that the government is a joke. The whole thing is a joke. It's, it's a farce. There is no democracy. It is oligarchy. There is no justice for those who wield power. That is why Pelosi pulled the insider trading bill, 
which is not getting enough attention as far as I can see. Uh, we are a suppressed channel, TM, keep that in mind. Um, but without, without a doubt, uh, when it gets that bad, even the most hardened people who want to hold on to the belief that the system still exists to serve humanity or serve the people, uh, they're even starting to recognize that, yeah, we better do something about this fast or this is all going to go to hell. And that's where we're going. We're going there right now. Don't know what's going to happen in 24, but I could tell you what's going to happen in 22. It's not looking good. Yes, the Pelosi's uh, probably should be wearing an orange jumpsuit, but that's not going to happen. Will it happen to Trump? Probably not. So with that said, stay focused on what you can control. And that's why being involved at the local level is your best bet in terms of enacting change. Try to build as much as you can with local groups. It's not easy here in Florida, but we do the best we can. Put in the effort where and when you can. A little bit of effort, a little bit of help goes a very long way. People really do appreciate it. Not everyone is going to acknowledge it the way others will, but it always pays to do the right thing. That's my philosophy. I hope you all share it as well. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll either see you Wednesday or on next Monday when Jen is back in the studio. Thanks for everything, guys. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.